You're listening to From the Field, a podcast helping ministry leaders think differently, thrive personally, and lead thoughtfully. Welcome to From the Field. My name is Ryan Hughley. I'm lead pastor of Ridgeline Church in Salt Lake City, Utah, and the founder of Telio, a care and formation ministry for pastors. My name is Tyler Dravitz. I'm the executive pastor at Ridgeline, and I also lead a company called MyXP, where we help pastors solve problems by providing remote executive pastor support to churches around the country. All right. We're coming to the end of, I think, almost a two and a half month journey today. All right. Going to close out our conversation on the vital few. Vital few. We got one. We got. I don't, know what that I don't either. Uh, we got one more that we're going to okay. talk about: healthy churches, healthy leaders. Yeah. And before we get into that, I got a question for you. Go for okay? it. Okay. Let's talk about favorite teacher mm. besides me that you've ever had in your life. Oh, I guess. I mean, you are a teacher. I just. Well, thanks for saying. That. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, a huge sum of my life has been given to teaching, that. But yeah. I like other than Jesus. Yeah. Most pastors aren't referred to as teacher. Yeah. yeah that's not... I'd like to be referred to as rabbi Yeah, well, from now on. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So when you think back, yeah. favorite favorite oh, teacher you think you've probably had? Um, Is it in high school? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, yeah, I've got like different uh, answers for like favorite leaders and this and that. But teacher, I'd probably have to go with uh, Mrs. Blackhurst. Um, mm. she was like, so she was the computer teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always enjoyed computers. Gr- and when we were in high school, they weren't like novel, but they still weren't everywhere. Like yeah. an house, a household maybe had one. Right. And it took up a whole like special computer desk. And as we've established last week, you have always just liked pushing buttons. Yeah. Yeah. And so I liked that part of it, but more than anything, I really appreciated, I, I felt like more than anyone else, she interacted with me like an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, she was our like class sponsor. I was the, and she also was the student council advisor and that kind of thing. And I was the student body president and you know, planned a lot of stuff for the class and all of that. Kind You've of been stuff. forty years old since you were. 12. I have for sure. You're, you and are, she interacted with me like I was, and I appreciate it. We're watching Modern Family, uh-huh. and you are Manny. Yeah, one hundred percent. If you're a character on that sadly, show, sadly, almost or sadly, the shape too. But <laughs> anyway. I could have said Cam, but I went with Manny. Well, I appreciate that because I'm not Cam. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, no, she just did a great job of empower like trusting me mm-hmm. um for example uh i got like a business law credit or something like yeah. that by going and working at a job and she you know and like part of it was i had to like do some finances for the job and all of that kind of stuff and i don't know she just always really trusted me always believed in me and supported me through a lot of things at the school mm-hmm. um and like we could have real conversations so i really appreciated that do you want to hear my most embarrassing mrs blackhurst story go for it so for people who are listening this is your first time joining us tyler and i have been friends for 26 years something went to high school together so had the same teachers mm-hmm. so i was in computer class one day and this was this was at the time i feel like i haven't experienced anything like this in so long but do you remember when 
like porn was being like was a big source of what spam was. Oh yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. So you were yeah. like getting like you'd get like just blasted with that sure. stuff um through spam. And so I was in computer class one day and I was like we were doing typing or whatever, but it was like the first time I had opened like email, but she was standing over my shoulder when I opened the email and there was like porn spam in my, in my high school, Christian high school computer class with my, like, I remember her as like a thousand years old. She probably was not that old. Uh, She She had white hair. Uh, she looks exactly the same. Does she still Facebook? Yeah. Oh, good for her. That's awesome. Good for her. Right. And Mrs. Blackhurst, if you're listening, it, I'm imagine? sorry, I wasn't looking at porn. It just, I was getting spammed. That's all, all that was right. happening. It was terrible. I, I wanted to die so many imagine. times. Oh, it was awful. My favorite teacher, uh, just a nice little natural pivot away from that horrible story. Wow. <laughs> um, I think it's a two-way tie for me between Ugh. Mr. Uh, Rombo mm-hmm. and mm, I think I got to give it to Mr. Rombo. So he was, he was my Bible teacher. Who is the other one? I don't even know. I'm not going to say I'm going to give Mr. Rombo all the props. I'm going to give him all, gonna gonna make, him all let, the make credit. Him share the nope. stage. I'm going to give it all to him. Yeah. He was my, he was our Bible teacher for two years, three years. Yeah. Something like that. Some period of time. And he was great. And I, a similar thing. I just feel like he, um, really took the initiative to not just see me as like a hothead, angry Mm-hmm. punk that got in trouble a lot yeah and um really was one of the first people to really speak i think like vision into my life for mm. what god could do wow and uh that that made a huge difference for me so mr rombo cool. i've already thanked him so he knows you have um all right so anyways favorite teacher um we're today going to talk about healthy churches healthy leaders mm-hmm. so if you haven't been listening along we uh about, I don't know what it was at this point, seven years ago, eight years ago, maybe, we wrote this document. 2012. Was it? Mm-hmm. 2012. Yep, so nine years. Yeah. So we wrote this document that we call the Vital Few that is really the rudder on everything we do in ministry. Yeah. And it's the things that we believe are um, vital to being the most faithful and fruitful ministry that we can be as pastors. Yep. And so we've gone through all of these. Uh, We're on number seven today. So go back. I think we've done eight total episodes on this. But if you haven't listened along, go back to the intro, start there. But we're finishing up this this one today. And this is uh, this is the last one. It's called Healthy Leaders, Healthy Churches. And here's our description. If Jesus is the head of the church, then the leaders are the heart. And if the heart is sick, the body can never be healthy. We invest a significant amount of time, effort, and resources into the health of our leadership culture because we believe that apart from healthy leaders, we can never have a healthy church. So um, originally when we wrote The Vital Few, we had six, Mm -hmm. and this was not one of them. Nope. And then we did uh, 18 months of ministry in a situation where really, from our perspective, what it boiled down to was we had a sick and dysfunctional leadership culture. Yeah. That was, that's what we experienced. Yep. And it, um, I think we both walked away from that knowing two things. One, um, that was horrible. We never want to do that again. Mm -mm. And two, um, that that had marked us in such a significant way that it was, I think it really altered the way that we thought about 
ministry in general. Like I would argue this is the, of the seven, Yeah, this is the most important. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's the one I care about the most yeah. based on what I experienced when this didn't happen. Yeah. And I think part of our situation was we had planted our own church. I mean, one of the reasons we're sitting here today, one of the reasons we went back to church planting is that we knew the only way to be um, surely convinced mm-hmm. of the leadership culture was to, get to, to start it. it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think what happened was the reason it didn't make it wasn't that we missed the importance of it. Mm-hmm. We took for granted that we had it already. Mm-hmm. And the the number of issues or division or whatever you want to say that we dealt with was so minor. And and even thinking back now, we spent months dwelling on the tiniest comparatively yeah, comparatively I mean, just, very small things. Yeah, things that couldn't begin to matter less. Yeah. But it was all we had. Yeah. So we'd have to meet and talk and pray right. and all of those kind of things. And um and then we were in a situation that I am thankful to still be with us totally. today. Yeah. Uh, because it was so abusive and so awful. And so then you recognize it needs it needs a number on the list. Yeah. Because yeah. what was happening, and I think this is a really important thing for people to understand, is like, so we had from the outside looking in, we had an exceptionally fruitful ministry. Oh, man. It was big. We were experiencing growth. Yep. Keep, and good things were happening in people's lives. Like people were getting saved. People were getting baptized. People were growing. Yeah. But within Ministries this, like, were thriving. Yeah. The finances had never been healthier. I mean, there was... So much positive yeah. happening. People were excited. But in this like very small group of people who made up like the leadership core, this is why I refer to it as the heart. It's like everything else on the body looked totally great yep. and like it was thriving. But inside the heart, it, there was just like this poison sure. that we could not, despite hours and hours of conversation okay. and work and books and conferences. And I mean, I mean, I can just, you almost threw up just thinking about how much time was put You've into it. You've never been in a seven hour elder meeting that didn't start until 5.30 PM. Yeah. You haven't lived. Oh man. Don't come knocking on my door looking for sympathy. <laughs> and so, and it was that literally a seven to eight hour long meeting sure. every other week for 18 months. Oh yeah. And, and, and in some cases, uh, I was one of the, it was, I felt like it was like olden days where I could speak when I was spoken to mm-hmm. because I was the secretary, a representative, the executive pastor, but it was very, very clear and reiterated frequently how I was not an elder. And so my opinion was welcome when it was asked, asked for, for yeah. which wasn't frequent. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. So <clears throat> we, um, walked away from that then mm-hmm. after 18 months and knew walked. again, <laughs> ran crawled be, yeah limped, crawled yeah. yeah limp that's probably better. anyway um and and but but new i think i think unintentionally i just got right before we started recording i was meeting with a friend and explaining again and i'm pretty open about this like i had no desire to plant another church like i loved the church we planted in chicago mm-hmm. we had a tremendous experience but i had zero desire to do that again. Yeah. To like start from scratch. Yep. And I didn't have, like when we planted redemption before the year before that, I had had a really strong, um, clear experience with God where I very much felt like God called me to plant that church. Totally. I did not have that the second time. No, we were out of options. I had what you just talked (laughs) about, which was like, I mean, I'd had, you know, three, do the math, 
three outside of redemption, the one we planted, I had had three experiences where I experienced abuse in the church as a pastor from other leaders in the church. I experienced abusive situation Mm -hmm. three times in a row. Yeah. So I had a couple of invitations to like be a teaching pastor for a while and heal up and all that kind of stuff, which was super kind. Yeah. But I just looked at it and said, I got to tell you, I just, it just, I'm rolling the dice on oh, yeah. whether or not this thing is healthy. So sure. to your point, the only way we could ensure that it would be healthy is if we built it from the ground up. Yeah. Cause then we actually had some degree of control over whether it was actually healthy. Absolutely. And so, I mean, before, I mean, I think I was probably two days resigned <laughs> from that position before I wrote this. Um, this last vital few. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't like, remember that. Yeah, it was like two days after. I remember cool. sharing it when we had like a little uh, vision thing with a handful of people that we knew oh, probably weren't right. going to come with us, yeah, yeah, yeah. but might support us financially and sure. stuff. I shared this one. Okay. And as soon as I got to this one, the room was like, "Oh, yeah, this is." We get this one now, <laughs> and uh, and so it's become super yeah. super important to us. Mm-hmm. So there's really only two sentences. So we'll go through these and then talk about how we can take some first steps in this direction. But it starts with, um, so we're healthy leaders, healthy churches. If Jesus is the head of the church, then the leaders are the heart. If the heart is sick, the body can never be healthy. So um, moving away from like the heart metaphor, mm-hmm. I think about it like you know when you're on an airplane. And they're going, thankfully, now I use like Bluetooth headphones. I don't have to listen to the painful announcement that I've Ugh. heard so many times now. Yeah. But but remember, they always say, you know, in case of, uh, I don't even remember now, but basically if oxygen leaves, yes, you need to leave. I, need, I need to listen yeah. this time. It, then uh, the masks are going to fall out of the ceiling. Yeah. And if you have a child with you, secure your mask first and then the child's. Yeah. With the theory being, if you pass out from lack of oxygen, Mm -hmm. then you're both dead. Yeah. (laughs) You can't help anybody if you're not healthy and being able to breathe. Yeah. And that's the way that I think about this issue. Um, I think there's so much attention that's given to making sure that we have all of the right structural things in place to ensure that a church is healthy and not enough attention given to, but are the people who are responsible for the structures themselves healthy? Mm. I don't think there's enough attention given to that. It's good. And, and I think that's a real problem. And one of the quotes that we have really liked, I think it's from sticky teams, but Larry Osborne yep. talks about how it doesn't matter if there is revival in the sanctuary, if there's a war in the boardroom, totally. like it's only a matter of time, literally, experienced literally that. experienced that Yeah, where it is only a matter of time until whatever that poison is that's in the heart. Sure. Just slowly seeps into, I think about like, I'm a big Iron Man fan. So mm-hmm. you remember how Iron Man has that, that mm-hmm. issue with his chest? Yeah. And as the movies progressed until he like really gets it under control, I think it's an Iron Man 2 where his like all his veins are all jacked up yeah. around that thing and he's mm-hmm. having to put those the uh small arc reactor yeah, thing back in. Yeah, he needed to reinvent the arc reactor cuz the one he had was like poisoning him both basically. keeping him alive and poisoning <laughs> exactly him, yeah. but you can just see it's like slowly through the movie sure those like that those gross black veins are sure. like spreading all over him and i feel like i just go oh well that's what happens in a church when the leaders aren't healthy it's yeah. only a matter of time until that impacts everything else well and i think another great illustration is just that idea of cancer i mean i remember uh, seeing my sister before she actually got sick and she had gone to the doctor and i went down for thanksgiving she had gone to the doctor and um, there was just cancer everywhere. Mm-hmm. And there was even part of me that just felt like, well, maybe they're wrong. She just seems so fine. Yeah. 
uh, and it was already everywhere. Yeah. Um, she was not, mm-hmm. but I just think that that, that idea that you just come and look at it from the outside and you're like, you're fine. Yeah. Nah, open the door, look around. Totally. Uh, not fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's ter- It's totally true. All right. So the second part of this says, so because we believe this, we invest mm-hmm. a significant, significant amount of time, effort, and resources into the health of our leadership culture, because we believe that apart from healthy leaders, we can never have a healthy church. And so let's talk a little bit about <clears throat> how we do this. Mm-hmm. And also if someone's listening and they haven't thought very much about ensuring that the leadership culture and that the leaders are healthy, yeah. where do we even begin? We can weave in here some examples from our own experience, but how do we do this? Yeah. Someone's going to take some first steps. So I'll, I'll yep. kick us off, but I would say it's really important to start personally. Mm. So especially if you are a lead pastor or you have any amount of responsibility to lead others, before you look at everybody else's health, I think it's really important to look at your own and to really do some work. And I've always recommend, because it was so instrumental for me, starting with Pete Scazzaro's book, um, Emotionally Healthy Discipleship or The Emotionally Healthy Leader. Either yeah. one will be really, really great. But it'll just help you start to think through how am I doing? Mm-hmm. And then my encouragement would be to get help where necessary. Yeah. If, if you begin to identify things and you realize, like, I don't know that I'm actually very healthy, then um, I think it's important to take some steps to to get healthy. Yeah, for sure. Anything, that, what would you say next? Uh, yeah, so I would say it's really important to care about the health of your leaders. I think one of the things that I have noticed uh, just in working with different churches, with different levels of staff members and all of that, uh, is it's important to keep in mind that, wow, so once you're on staff, you are sort of a team trying to like execute and, and do, care for everyone yeah, else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And do the ministry of the church. Mm-hmm. The variable is, especially if you're in a pastoral position or any sort of leadership position, the probably chief person that God has put in your uh, span of care as it pertains to your call as a pastor is those who work with you every day. Mm-hmm. And so I just think that you have to care about the health of your leaders, the health of your team, all of those kind of things. And I'm telling you, if you're listening to this and this is really resonating with you, my guess is somewhere you know, there's someone on your team, whether it be the leadership team, maybe it's the elder board, maybe mm-hmm. it'd be on your staff that you know needs to go. Like mm-hmm. right now, they just need to go because they are not at a place that they can do it. And mm-hmm. and it, and they're at a place in their own health that's very destructive. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes the only way to get rid of the cancer mm-hmm. is to surgically have it removed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there and is. Sorry to cut you off, but I do think that's what you're saying is important. There's a difference between like if so, let's say as you are beginning to evaluate the people Mm -hmm. on your team and you see you have you're you're recognizing unhealth. There's a difference between someone who has really struggled emotionally through covid who needs some therapy, counseling, encouragement and someone who is poisonous. Totally. Yeah. I mean certainly your first option, like, you know, so if I've got cancer or an infection Mm -hmm. on my arm, I don't show up to the doctor and just be like, you know what, just chop it off. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yes, that'll, that'll stop it. But also so, so would have a a bandaid and Neosporin. Yeah. And I think what you have to determine is, uh, you know, uh, whether it be the Iron Man or the oxygen mask or the we got a lot of metaphors. We got a lot of metaphors, whatever one, if someone is going to (laughs) end up dead. Yeah metaphorically mm-hmm. or 
really, yeah. uh, you gotta, you gotta take divisive action in that. And I think that's one of the ways that you care about it. Now that's not to just say you just go out and just like level the whole playing right. field. Cause when I but, think back on where we were, yeah. I like, and I think about that team of people, mm-hmm. that team there of was leaders, one. there was some that needed to go. Mm-hmm. And there were some that had the ability and the growth to heal yeah. and to move forward. Sure. And yeah. there's, and I think it is really important to identify, because to your point, if you go in and you just start lopping heads off right. and getting rid of that, I mean, then you're alone and that's not good. Right. And I would say that's not, you're not providing faithful shepherding and care to people in that. You have to discern totally which place people are in. For sure. And you you do have to also look at, so discern where they're in and look at the impact of the whole. And it might just, and maybe it's a sabbatical, maybe it's Mm -hmm. not like a total thing, but um, you do have to look at the impact of the whole. Yeah. And I do think, so again, if you're listening and not sure where to start, I I think any, um, anyone who is in leadership right now, and 90% of their conversations don't start with, how are you doing? Yeah. I just think you're like, you're really missing the mark right now. Totally. I just think that, and I think that that's such a simple thing to do. Yep. And something that you and I continue to hear from church staffers yeah. is not happening. Well, and it's important to keep keep it going. I think even given some of the resurgence of what we've dealt with with COVID and all of that, we just even had a conversation mm-hmm. today. You know, it seemed like we were on like, I mean, like, you know, the the music was swelling and there was a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. We were it's, skipping it's on coming out. To an end. Yeah, it was actually there. And now every, we got yeah. mask and mandates are back. For sure. And, and, and people are, and I think what's hard is it's not like you just take one step back. I know for me personally, it's felt like I take about a million mm-hmm. and I just view as like, well, winter time, you know, I have a bunch of fun things coming up in the next couple of months. I just feel like I might as well cancel them now. Right. Because what's the point? Yeah. I mean, I really do think it's like triggering some PTSD in people. Absolutely. As they're out about and hearing mask mandates or seeing yep. people in masks or wearing them again, it just feels like it's, we're just, it, we're just right back to the beginning. Yep. And so to your point, people are struggling. And so we need to be asking how they're doing. Yep. All right. So, uh, start personally, care about the healthier leaders. Uh, thirdly, I would say, and I think this is so essential, but prioritize genuine friendships in your life. We did a whole series on friendship and pastoral ministry, but I do think relationship is, like healthy relationship, healthy friendships, people who can speak truth to you when necessary, but people who can encourage you when necessary, lift you up when you fall down when necessary. Mm-hmm. I think that that is such a critical component to, to health. And, yeah. you know, I had a conversation with someone today that was asking about, you know, based on some experiences that I've had and the number of pastors who have experienced you know, who, who aren't in ministry anymore that at one time were. And she asked me like, she, so she's like, how, how come you don't think that's happened to you? And the first thing that came to mind for me was I've got really good friends in my life mm. that have done all those things I just said, speak sure. truth to me, confront me when necessary, but also encourage me and lift me up when necessary. And I just think it's, you know, again, it's, it's sad how many People in general, but pastors in particular, don't have that in their lives. And it is one commonality I see shared by a lot of these like famous pastors, quote unquote, that have fallen is oftentimes what you hear about is how they were isolated. 
Yeah, you hear how they were isolated, or you see kind of a revolving door Mm -hmm. of leaders or executives or things like that. Like, I remember even uh, with some of these people that have fallen, we've had we had conversations about the confusion in the sort of rotating door of executive pastor role mm-hmm. or, or that number two or just something like that or people that, you know, I mean, they were thick as thieves and best friends and all of a sudden that person's off the website and you don't see them at the meetings mm-hmm. and you learn they don't attend the church anymore. Yeah. And you just wonder. And that's like, happening like every year or two years. Right. Yeah. Or even more frequently yeah. in some, some of these cases. And you just felt like something, it just... You know, and, and I think you first hear it and you think, well, maybe the uh, scope or responsibility of the ministry outgrew that person's competency. And I'm sure that's what they were told. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes um, it just wasn't that. Yeah. yeah. So I think really, again, whether it's inside your church, outside your church, at this point, I feel like I don't even care. Yeah. But but you got to have friends mm-hmm. who really know you. And yeah. that's hard. Yep. Um, number four. Give us the fourth one. I know you you, yeah. you you care about this one a lot. A point leader's slow. I didn't know how to convey that in our notes, but when you brought this point up, that's the way I heard you saying it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just think um, some people get real excited. They read like a, a John Maxwell book, and all of a sudden you're going to be a, a, a leader of leaders of leaders of leaders, yeah. of leaders and, and impact the whole world. And you post on your website how you're starting a movement. Mm-hmm. I think we've said this before. Yeah, don't, don't be that, do that guy. Side don't, note. Don't ever say yeah, that. Don't be that guy. You're not starting a movement. Uh, but regardless of what it is, just be be slow to appoint leadership. And, mm-hmm. and, and what I mean by that is authority. Mm-hmm. You can share responsibility. We've even had some conversation. We're going to make some changes to what mm-hmm. we've done to share responsibility. That's good. But not necessarily provide authority. Mm-hmm. Um, and the truth is, the church isn't that unruly. And it just doesn't need a lot of people who are the boss. Right. It just doesn't. Yeah. And I think that uh, really making sure, you know, be real slow on the email address. I'm sure I've said that before. For. Don't give people oh, an yeah. email address with your church because if it everything ever, you if give you, them, you have to take from yes, them. Yes, exactly. And I think it's not a matter of being afraid. It's not a matter of not trusting people. It's not a matter of anything like that. It's a matter of like it's just not necessary. Yeah. And I think that when uh, when you go too fast, you know there are countless church planning networks out there and they are all starting to say the same thing over and over again, have an external advisory board for a really long period of time. Uh, you know, some are saying five years, sometimes more, mm-hmm. um, because of the fact that the people you attract at the beginning are not always, I, I mean, I even think of for Ridgeline, like we had no idea COVID was coming mm-hmm. and we were brand new. Can you imagine if we appointed a bunch of leaders? I mean, some of the people I think we might've appointed don't come here anymore. Right. And, so I just feel like it's not helpful and and not helpful for your people to see this rotation in that leadership realm, mm-hmm. all of those kind of things. They're just, it doesn't mean you have to do it on your own. It doesn't mean you're the only one who cares. It doesn't mean any of those things. It just means that no one else gets to like tell mm-hmm. anyone else off. Yeah. No one else gets to take the initiative to put someone in their place or things mm-hmm. like that. And I think that that's really important that we just go slowly with people. You know, mm-hmm. I've heard people talk about making sure you go through like all the different seasons of, mm-hmm. uh, of the year with someone. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are some people who are just crazy in the winter or something yeah. like that, like yeah. just experiencing all of the seasons, experiencing ups and downs of life. Uh, there's a book I love, uh, it's called fierce conversations mm-hmm. and in it, 
in it, they talk about um, uh, when people get squeezed, what's on the inside comes out. Right. So if you look at, you know, a ketchup bottles now, they're not glass anymore. That They're that red plastic. Well, yeah. if I put jelly inside, you don't know that. It says ketchup on the outside. Mm-hmm. And then you squeeze it and you realize, oh, this guy put jelly in here. Yeah. You didn't know that ahead right. of time. Also, and I this think, guy's a sociopath for right, putting jelly. In. Right. What's he doing? <laughs> now I got jelly on my fries. I got to get new fries. Regardless, though, I think it's just important yeah. to... Uh, and, and I don't mean so fabricate uh, times for people to get squeezed. The point is it takes a while. Yeah. Like a lot of people can keep it together for a lot of time. You know when you can't keep it together? Through a global pandemic. I bet there's all kinds of people on your leadership team who have behaved wildly different than yeah. you expected. Yeah. And what it tells you is maybe they're not the right leader for your church. Mm-hmm. And so, again, it doesn't mean that you don't have people who care. It doesn't mean that you don't have partners loving and Mm -hmm. supporting you and your church, but they just don't necessarily need an email address and a spot on the website. Mm -hmm. That's all I'm saying. This is a little reductionistic, but I think when I think about this, I think this point in particular is especially important for church plants and new churches. But I think that the reason it's important to go slowly in appointing leaders to authority is that church plants tend to attract, broadly speaking, three kinds of people. Mm-hmm. They attract, number one, a type of person who is like awesome in every way. And they're yeah. like, they're willing to sacrifice deeply. They're willing to set up, tear down, serve, no, like no frills no glory, just like they just literally love Jesus, love people, and they want to help see a church plant grow. Mm -hmm. I think, secondly, church plants have a tendency to attract some like legitimately like spiritually crazy people. Sure. That are probably bouncing all over their area from church to church to church to church to church because they're like nuts. Totally. And then thirdly, it is very common for church, new churches to attract people who, and these are the people I think that are like, this is where the time is really important. People who, um, may, may be conscious or not, but they assume that a church plant has like a young, inexperienced leader, and they have an opportunity to assert authority and influence and sure. essentially usurp vision and leadership. And that type of person can be extremely dangerous. Oftentimes, I would say in my experience, these are people in their maybe mid-40s to through their 50s. They tend to be older Mm -hmm. people. And I know... They tend to give well. They tend to give well. Mm -hmm. They tend to... at least initially take this posture of, I just really want to be able to serve you Mm -hmm. as the leader. And, And then what's hard is like, I mean, I know as I don't, I'm not as young of a leader as I once was, but Mm -hmm. I know there's been times in my ministry, I've felt super desperate for that. Sure. And so it appears so, it's just so appealing to be like, oh my gosh, I'm Timothy and I finally get a Paul. Totally. And I've had some Pauls bite me in the hind end. And yeah, it's not great. Um, And so I think that we have seen a number of times where it was just time in which we've seen, like I've seen time reveal. um, So we've got people in our church, Denise and Nolan Mewborn. I'm certain we've talked about them before. Sure. Time has continued to reveal they're two of the most Jesus-y people that I know. 
That's fair. And then there are they're going to really appreciate that you affirmed that because mm-hmm. they're going to listen. And if I you know. had not jumped on that with a real firm <laughs> oh, amen, man. you would have heard about it. <laughs> and but then there's a there's a there's a longer list of people that we've that 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 at first you're like, oh, this is going to be right great. And most of those people aren't here anymore. Sure. <laughs> and they weren't and they didn't last at redemption for very long. But it took a season of time to be able to see that. Totally. And often it took something not going the precise way they that thought they it wanted. should. Yep. Mm-hmm. Totally. And then it went sideways yep. in a real weird and drastic and heavy way that yeah. you were just like, I I just didn't want to have hot dogs at the picnic. Right. <laughs> yeah. All right. I mean, and, and, um, yeah. And so you just have to be careful. And the way to avoid that, I think, so we did that the wrong way at, at the first church that we planted mm-hmm. and had some people that we had, uh, like put up for leadership and things like that. And it did not go well. Mm-hmm. And then we also have experienced some of those same people come and leave. And there's always the impact of people leaving your church. But the difference is in the second version, we didn't have a situation where they were elevated to any sort of position. Cause even right now, I'm telling you, if you ask people who's in charge at Ridgeline, they would say you, unless they've got a complaint and then they would say me. Yeah. That's really, that's what people know. And, yeah. and that doesn't bother me one bit. Mm-hmm. That's not all of the people who are responsible and who are a part of doing it. But I think as far as, um, you know, that authority, uh, I think that that's important. Yeah. yeah. And so we're not arguing for like create these pressure cooker moments to test people. No, no, no. But just go slow. Yeah. And I do think that there is something to, I'm one of the people that you've heard say it. I do think there is something about a calendar year. Sure. Four seasons, take time. Mm-hmm. You really need to know people and get to see them through various. So it's just time yeah. to be able to see what comes out of people when inevitably the stress of life squeezes them. Absolutely. All right, good. So uh, the last one is, um, I'm going to frame this as put your money where your mouth is. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is something that, um, again, is an area I think that you've led forward more than anyone else uh, in our church, and I have been the recipient of, and so I, I, I want an opportunity to kick this off. So for almost the past, um, I think October will be two years, um, I've been in therapy through that whole thing, which is crazy, right? I had no idea it was Two that years, long. yeah. i got to run the numbers. I know. And, uh, <laughs> and I've been... Um, monthly working with a spiritual director, mm-hmm. um, not as frequently, but on an almost a monthly basis. Yeah. And Ridgeline has invested in that. Mm. And so I can say um, before God and my church, I am probably the healthiest that I've ever been. Mm. It doesn't always feel like that. I think that's one thing about, mm-hmm. it's kind of like sanctification, like the misnomer is like the closer you get to Jesus, the more holy you feel. But mm-hmm. the closer you get to Jesus, the more you realize how not like him you are. Sure. I I found the healthier I get, the more aware I am of my unhealth. So I don't always feel like that, but I can safely say like, I've got my head and heart and behavior around my emotional life in a way that I never have before. Yeah. And and that is largely because as a church, we've decided to put our money where our mouth is. Mm -hmm. And we say that we believe you can't have a healthy church without healthy leaders. And as a result of that, you have been a primary driver in ensuring that, that our leaders, the chief of which is me, is going to be pursuing and working on um, mental, emotional health. Mm. And so <clears throat> I would say, you know, 
if you're not, if, if you're like, what's not helpful is like, we, I think we mentioned this last week, but by and large people in ministry get paid like crap. Yeah. And, and therapy and counseling is insanely expensive. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's not worth the money, but it is expensive to go. And most places don't give a discount to, to pastors. Mm-mm. And so to, to like browbeat people on. They know you guys are going to be a lot of work. Yeah. They want to charge a surcharge. They see us coming and they're like, cha-ching. <laughs> uh, this is not going to be two sessions. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just totally lost my train of thought. Because <laughs> that's very, very true. Um, oh, what's not helpful is to like even well-intentioned to like browbeat your leaders. We need to be healthy. You need to be healthy. You need to get some therapy. And they're like, okay, cool. Well, you're paying me in like freaking pesos. I can't afford to go get. I can't cash in those heavenly rewards now. (laughs) That's right. You mentioned that last week. (laughs) And so as a result, I think if this is really a value in your church Mm -hmm. that we should be willing to say, and we will help make that possible. Mm -hmm. Anything else you want to add there? I think that's good. That was good. I don't know. Yeah. No, I mean, that. Yeah. Well, you have embodied it very, very mm. faithfully. Well, thank you. And uh, so thanks for thanks for that. Mm-hmm. All right. All right, let's recap. Healthy leaders, healthy churches. If Jesus is the head of the church, then leaders are the heart. If the heart is sick, the body can never be healthy. We invest a significant amount of time, effort, and resources into the health of our leadership culture because we believe that apart from healthy leaders, we can never have a healthy church. It's good. I like it. I feel like that's a good period at the end of our series that we've done. Mm -hmm. So if you've missed any of this, make sure you go back and listen to the whole, Mm. especially the introduction. I was so pumped today. I got a text from uh, a student pastor who has been listening to this series. And he said, thanks so much for doing this. And I just wanted to send you, me and and my volunteers just met and we wrote our vital few for our student ministry. And they had three of them. It's awesome. So pumped about that. So if you've done that work, uh, send that to us. We yeah. would love to be able to see that. If you want a copy of The Vital Few, as always, you can uh, reach out to us. Just email me, Ridgeline, uh, ryan at ridgeline.church. That's the easiest way, ryan mm-hmm. at ridgeline.church. I'll and send I'll get it, it on the website someday. Someday. We'll get there. Yeah. We're good at lots of things. It would have been Not awesome that. to get it on the website for the series. Yeah. At, or really but... at any point through the last two and a half, three months that we've been talking about this series. Mm. <laughs> That's not untrue. (laughs) Well, if this is the first episode that you've ever listened to um, and you've enjoyed it, you can help us in three ways. One, we would love if you subscribed. Uh, We put out episodes weekly, and we'd love to have you along for these conversations. Uh, Secondly, you can leave a review wherever you listen, and then we would love to connect with you on social media. So you can find me on all platforms except the stupid ones. That like the kids are into these days. What's the TikTok? I'm not on mm. TikTok. I don't understand TikTok. TikTok confuses me. I feel like they're all the same thing. They're just videos of people like in one outfit and then all of a sudden I'm in another outfit or they're dancing and I don't. What I, I don't like, understand is the the time investment to make. These it has videos. to be so much. Shocking. Just to change your clothes that many times for these videos. Everywhere like I go job. is hiring. Yeah. <laughs> oh, get a Less job. TikTok, more job. Get off my lawn <laughs> and get a job. But we are on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. <laughs> you can find me at, at Ryan Hughley. That's H U G U L E Y. And you can find me at, at Tyler Dravitz. That's D R E W I T Z. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye bye.